to Angel's Neurodiversity Chats, where we talk about life in our neurodivergent families. If you have any suggestions or topics or any questions you'd like to ask us, please do get in touch on our email at podcast at angelssupportgroup.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Angel's Neurodivergent Chats. We're going to talk on the podcast today about non-school-based education and the alternatives that we might want to think about for our children that are not, if you like, the formal sit-in-a-classroom um, kind of education, just so that um, we understand what our rights are in terms of our children's education and, and what um, if, if we don't think that it's working at school, what the first steps maybe are to do and then ultimately what might look like a, a, a different environment for them um, to be educated in. So I think the first thing we were going to talk about, just to touch on, is just to, the reasonable adjustments that school yeah. should be making. Yeah, so the, the starting point really is that every child has the right to full-time education in, in the UK um, and that the government provide for our children to have that education in a school environment and that school environment whichever kind of school it is should work for your child yes. and there's various steps that you can take if it isn't working for your child um, that are the responsibility of the school or the local authority to make sure that they have made those what we talk about as reasonable adjustments so that it, it can work yeah. for them um, and for some children, it, those reasonable adjustments might be quite straightforward and, and relatively easy for the school to do, what they call ordinarily available provision, or, or, or maybe something that's just a little bit more or whatever. Yeah. Or it might be that they need um, considerably more support, in which case there is the mechanism of applying for an EHCP to ensure that their needs are understood and assessed. That's the education and healthcare plan. Yes, sorry, John. No, 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 that's fine. No, <laughs> yeah, it's an education and healthcare plan. Um, and that there is a very clear legal framework with lots of rights around it that, that mean that our children should, if that is what we want for our children, that they can access their education in a school setting. Yeah, and we know that those reasonable adjustments will change over their time and, and yep. some of them might be little, some of them might be huge and it might take quite a bit of working out as to what yeah. they are and some of them can be, you know, quite make quite an impact, quite a yeah. difference quite yeah. quickly and others are more resource intensive. And, and, and they can cover um, things like social relationships, so if there's bullying, your child has a right to be safe from bullying and that needs to be sorted out. Um, it can difficulties with attendance, behaviour, all of those aspects of school life and policy and whatnot are all covered by that right and by those laws that they, they have to make change. So we often hear of parents who, who feel they've got no choice but to take their child out off role of school or out of the school because their child's struggling to attend and school is saying, well, we're going to find you mm. or... Um, that or their child isn't able to access the learning and is un unable to cope in the classroom because of their peers or what you know the environment. Yeah, or they've been excluded. They've been excluded. All of those reasons, or or they've been told that if they don't take their child off roll, then they will be permanently excluded. Those sort of things. We hear those things. Well, they're on a part-time timetable because the school say they're not ready to be in school full time. Yeah, all of those things. Yeah. They. They are, 
there are routes that you can go down to have those things changed for your child that don't necessarily mean that they can't be in school. So that it's what the school should be able to be made to work for your child, essentially, yeah. however your child is. Yeah. And that's sort of the bottom line. However, yeah. <laughs> we know that that despite efforts and, you know, year in, year out, trying to make it work, there are some children that the school environment itself is not any reasonable adjustment in the world really ultimately may not make it right for that child. And that might be because the child has had such a difficult time for such a long period of time, maybe, but or, or fundamentally the volume, the number of people, the structure, the environment maybe just isn't going to work. Yeah. And so we might then move out of that realms of reasonable adjustments, even though that, you know, that's the starting point and is actually absolutely what the, the schools need to do. But if you as a parent get to a point that you don't believe a school setting is right despite reasonable adjustments and even yeah, having it, an EHCP. Usually it's it's around that formal nature of that school environment, yeah. isn't it? So, and, and because you could be talking about um, a special school where the, the, it's very different environment yeah. um, and that they, they that might be appropriate for them and then that's what's appropriate for them and that's great. But it, it's usually around something around the whole nature of a formal education yeah. isn't going... It, and it is, it's a parent's preference often. Yeah. It might be an ideological thing. It might be that you just don't want your child educated in, in the state system for whatever reason. But parents have that right to yeah. make that decision, don't they? Yes, they do. It's your right to decide whether you want to electively home educate, and but that, but that, and that right you should exercise if that's what you actually want to do. It shouldn't be a decision that you make because the school system isn't meeting your child's needs, or because you feel pressured into having to do that. So you need to. If you, if you know, for a parent to decide whether a home, electively home educating a child is what they want to do, they have to look into what that's going to involve for them and their family, how that's going to impact, because it's it's going to change the dynamic of of the family mm. unit. But also need to understand that if you do decide to electively home educate, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to follow the national curriculum. And I think lots of parents get very stressed about they'd like to home educate but then they think they've got to be able to sit down and do school-based learning and actually home education isn't school-based learning it's about learning at your child's pace learning the things that your child is interested in and only really you can still go down the exam routes and all of that if you choose to and your child is capable of doing that but actually electively home educating originally was to not do the formal school-based learning it was to allow your children to learn in a exactly. in a more light-hearted way and yeah. e you know child-led child child way yeah child-led education yeah and in our education system after i think the age of five we have child-led learning up to sort of year one, don't we? Yeah. And then it yeah. moves to adult-led learning. Yeah. And adult-led learning, you know, in other countries in the world don't do adult-led learning. And, and there is very little control with the child beyond that at that point yeah. and thereafter, really, in terms of choice of 
how they do it. I mean, the first time you really get a choice is when you get to choose your GCSEs, in effect, to drop some certain subjects. But even that, you know... But it's still adult-led, isn't it? it? Is it's still, still not really child-led. So it is about it, understanding yeah. that difference between if you are in a school setting, then you're going to be doing adult-led learning generally. If you decide to electively home-educate, you can do child-led learning, and that's very different. And it doesn't. You don't follow the necessarily follow the national curriculum. So it is a choice, and you have to. It has to be your choice. You want to do it, not feel it's the only option available. And I think that's where it's. There are lots and lots of people who are electively home educating now, and I don't think all of them actually set out to choose to do that. Yeah. Um, it's just circumstances and various reasons as to why parents have ended up electively home educating so i think it's it is about understanding your rights and and your choice as to which way you go with the learning so but then if you don't want electively home education then there are other alternatives if school based learning isn't working for your child there are alternatives um, we have things like alternative provision so schools can look at um, funding placements in alternative provisions and that can be lots of different things like really. forest schools and yeah it's all vocational sorts. stuff um, online learning it's obviously the, the, the difference quite, quite education and on the age of the child that we're talking yeah. about yeah but there's lots there are lots of different alternative provisions now aren't there there's a lot more um since covid and people realize yeah. that that people can actually learn, children can learn in different ways. Because that's another one, isn't it? Online I learning. I think it's yeah, I think it probably predates COVID, but I know that it's got a lot more, more prevalence since COVID. COVID. Yeah. But 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 just generally, as our education system has, for want of a better a phrase, become more adult driven and prescriptive in the last sort of decade or so, where there's been less flexibility around what an education can look like and what outcomes we expect for our children, then then I think that there has been a growth in other other kinds of provision. Yeah. Um, and, and so you can, if you, yeah, so you can either have it as an alternative provision that is funded by the school that your child is on role at or perhaps by the local authority if they're not on role anywhere um, and you might have an EHCP um, or... Which sort of brings us on to the different kinds of provision that you can have named yeah. in that. So then you have, um, there's EOTAS, which is education other than at school. So some children now have what we call EOTAS packages, um, which are funded through the local authority. And they are packages of provision that might include things like forest yeah. schools, equine therapy, different types of therapies, tutors, tutors online tutoring, online tutoring mm. various different things. Um, so that's another option if, if you... Generally speaking, an EOTAS package, I think strictly in the terms of the law around that, is supposed to be if you have a child for whom no school placement would be suitable. Yeah. So it's not that... It, it is they can't be in a school environment yeah. so being in a school environment is is for whatever reason not going to be okay for them it's not going to meet their needs so we need to build something around that and i know that when parents have 
gone through tribunal, the judges have been very clear around what is an AOTAS, what is an AOTAS package. Because we also now currently have a population of children who don't could possibly learn in the school environment. Their parents might want them to learn and they might want to learn in a school environment, but currently there isn't a suitable placement for yeah. them. And they are different from EOTAS in as much as that they might have they might have they might be awaiting a suitable placement yeah. or we might be trying to find a suitable placement yes. and there's various reasons why that isn't happening you know imminently mm. um so what they are still entitled to a full-time education yeah so quite often what happens is the local authority will put in place a package for them that they would call a transition package yeah. um which looks very similar to a EOTAS package but the, yeah. the officialness of it and the I suppose the the permanence of it is the difference yeah yeah, so it's understanding that EOTAS is only suitable for those children who cannot be educated in any type of school provision. Setting, yeah. So, you know, whether that's a specialist, whether that's a mainstream, whether that's a independent, you know, it depends. Yeah. It, if if for, they really cannot access an education for, yeah, in a school setting. For reasons of their needs yeah. or their mental health. Yeah. So then needs. you would, that's when you would probably look at an EOTAS package. Um for those children who just aren't able to attend for whatever reason, whilst they're on roll at the mainstream school, the, the mainstream school should be providing yeah, the yeah, education yeah. and that's the alternative provision because children are not supposed to be left at home with no education provision, <laughs> regardless no. of whether they've got health needs or, or not. Um, and schools need to understand that the local authority funding that child's placement at that school, and if that child can't attend that school, then that funding should be paying for alternative provision. So that's the school's duty, really, um, to make sure that the alternative provisions are put in place. And that often is a prob causes a problem, doesn't it, between yeah. the local authority and the school, because parents get caught up in this who should be paying for yeah, it and, and what are they funding and, and sometimes it, it doesn't even necessarily need to be a funded alternative provision it could simply be work is t sent home right. for that child yeah. um and we yeah i mean and they can had... just do the work at home because yeah, yeah they yeah. can't access the classroom or online, or yeah. online yeah and i think that that you know we had a lot of schools that moved over to various forms of online learning or mm. um during the pandemic and and but for some children and, and it works well for some children but then for other children they can't access online, online learning yeah. either and then that does become quite tricky yeah and then we need to sort of think about you know what's the best way forward for them so it's about i think if your child isn't accessing their education in a mainstream school or a, a school-based setting then thinking about applying for an EHCP is your first step yeah. because once you have that, then that looks at the child's needs and identifies what they need and then that will give you more idea of yeah. what would be suitable. What are the barriers that are, yeah. that are in their way and, and can we overcome them and yeah. how? And if your child is not accessing school, is not at school and hasn't been for some time, then an EHCP should be on yeah, yeah, your radar. Yeah. Uh, unless you decide to electively home educate. Yeah, and that sure. that's your own choice yeah. and you don't have to have an EHCP if you don't want one, no. if you want to electively yeah. home educate. 
And if you do have an EHCP, you can still electively home educate um, if your child is in mainstream school with an EHCP you just have to deregister like you would if they didn't have an EHCP and that's by sending a letter stating that you want your child to be deregistered um, and if they are in a specialist school then you have to get permission from the local authority um, to deregister your child from a specialist school with an EHCP and that's the the difference really yeah um, because it's because of the vulnerability well because the local authority is is responsible isn't it yeah, for, for their education and they want to make sure that you yes. can meet their needs. Yeah. I mean, it should because be they still have a legal responsibility yes. to ensure the needs yes. in that EHCP and the provision yes. is provided. Whether you're in a mainstream or special school or not, therefore, yeah. they still have a responsibility to make yeah. sure the EHCP. Yeah, they do, but there's more emphasis on the children in a specialist school. Yeah, um, there is a legal duty, duty isn't yeah. there, around mm. special school yeah. provision. So, and and it is on on the uh, yeah. So that's that's true that you you can do that but then it's also worth noting that you are responsible for all of the provision in their EHCP and often what can sometimes happen is that n that there is no support for you yeah. nobody yeah you're completely on your own and there's no funding you, with yeah. it if you're electively home educating, you are taking on all responsibility for all of the provision. And that also sometimes includes like some of the health things yeah. like speech and language, it's really hard to access them. Yeah. Um, uh, and so often I think we will, we will suggest to parents, if you've got an EHCP, actually it's better to work with the local authority to identify how you can get the provision in their EHCP rather than taking responsibility for it all yourself. Yeah. Oh, well, and maybe look at the EOTAS rather than... And it the could be that we look at EOTAS or it could be we look at what other kind of alternative yeah, provision might be appropriate or what yeah. kind of, what support is required, what kind of provision, could it be a specialist provision, mm. but because in all of those options, the responsibility remains with the local authority yeah, yeah. and they will need to provide everything that your child needs whereas if you say actually i'm gonna actually home educate then they'll just go oh, fine off you go all on you now yeah yeah and they don't and that's what don't... we mean about the impact of this decision it is yeah a it's a great decision not to yeah. be taken lightly yeah it, it should be the decision that you've come to when you have children you think about their education yeah. and you would generally Think about home educating your child from the beginning of their education, not part way through. If you send your child to school from the beginning, then you haven't really decided to electively home educate. Um, and it's just generally then it's circumstances that force you into making that decision. Mm -hmm. So it is about thinking about it. Mm -hmm. like, it still might be the right well, decision. It still might be. Yeah. yeah. And 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 you and it still might be that actually you weren't in a position to electively home educate in yeah. the beginning and now you are. Or you, or you might not have realised quite how you yeah. know yeah, exactly. what the school setting was, wasn't. Was, but, yeah. but there but is the and the alternative provision that we But need it's to understanding about. that it's a choice that you are making. Yeah. Yeah. and that you should be choosing to make that choice not forced to make that choice and i yeah. think that's where the emphasis needs to be that parents need to go into it because they want to go into it not because they feel that's yeah. the only option and available it's always i mean we just say if if you feel like you're in that situation where that's your only option and you don't really want to do it definitely come and sort of talk to people get advice yeah. talk to us get advice about 
what your options are yeah. because there could well be that well there must be another way if you're not really keen on it yeah yeah i mean i think the thing about it obviously if you electively home educate you, you know the impact goes beyond just your child that you're electively home educating it's it's yeah. you can do you want to work can you work your partner if you have one the, the siblings it it has a wider knock-on effect generally. 24-7 with yeah. kids. <laughs> you don't ever get a break at all. Although you, do, you don't have to do the teaching if there is no, like, no. you know. But it's just, no, because it, because it can be child-led learning. Yeah. You can effectively allow your child to learn whatever they yeah. want, however they want, whenever they want. And interesting, lots of children learn, do, do that yeah. very well. They will... My granddaughter left to their own devices. My granddaughter, yeah, she left to their own devices, they'll get on with it. And she's brilliant. She's like learned massive. I mean, she's so good at art, and she's so interested in art yeah. that she just that's all she does. Yeah. That's what she does. You know, she loves and she likes to research certain things that she's interested in. Yeah, which she probably wouldn't be and, able to do course, had she been in school yeah and of course these days what with the internet and yeah yeah well, you, you can, can you exactly. but what it does it is her mum or somebody has to be there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Impact. that's what yeah. i mean about they're, the impact exactly she had that you do have to you have to look at your family dynamics and how that's going to work but i think for for us certainly for my granddaughter it was the best decision her mum ever made school wasn't working for her she wasn't coping she was in meltdown from morning to night, apart from when she was in school and she was masking. Um, and it was just horrific. And weekends were hard, just hard work because she was just meltdown 24 seven. So actually it was the right decision for her, but it isn't necessarily the right decision for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what you you have to, to look at. And it took us, I mean, in, in the initial part, it, it she was still having lots of meltdowns. It took a while for her to, recover from coming out of school and learning in a different way because when yeah. we first started it she was in meltdown thinking she would have to sit and do worksheets and you know online stuff and she just couldn't learn in that way so it is about trying to help your child also understand if you do go into home ed that it's very different it's a different way of learning and and it's not the same as being in a school setting and for some children that can be a really difficult change yeah. to adapt to so yeah. it is about the dynamics and the impact and all of that that it might have on the family yeah but ultimately it should be your choice and, and it a decision work. you yeah. want to make not yeah. a decision you feel you have to make and a decision that also fits in with your child's yeah. wishes as well yeah yeah of course um, and we're, we're, we're not talking about specific ages here, but clearly it's yeah, it depends on their age. Depends yeah. on their age. Um, but but also for you to know, and the point of this podcast actually is to, to share about the alternative provision and the OTAS as well. As, yeah, because there are there's options. Lots of there's options. lots of options, and you shouldn't feel like you only have one option. Yeah. There are lots of options, and, and schools should be working with you yeah. to find the right option for your child, Yeah. essentially. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then it's working with the school and having done those, you know, perhaps the, the reasonable adjustments and been changing them and trying something different and then thinking about an education after plan, you know, it's, it's kind of take, going through uh, these steps to, to some extent, isn't it? Yeah. And, and working out what those options are. Mm -hmm. 
So I hope that's helpful. That's just a little um, look at um, non-school based um, education. It, there's a lot to it and it can get quite, you know, it's quite emotive and, 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 and quite complex yeah. too and quite life changing. <laughs> um, but I would encourage you to come and talk to us um, if, if you want to know a bit more about those options and how they um, might be relevant for you and your family. So, yeah, just uh, keep in touch with us. And thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about Angel Support, please check out our website, www.angelsupportgroup.org.uk. If you have any suggestions for topics or feedback for us, please do email us, us at podcast.angelsupportgroup.org.uk. Thanks.